Hey guys, welcome back to Modified Lifestyle. I'm your host, Andrew. And it's your boy, Ranch. And to start things off, we have some unfortunate news for all you BBS Wheels fans out there. Yep. Um, this past week, they have filed for bankruptcy. So this is one of the, uh, like, I I think one of the tens of companies that have actually filed for bankruptcy in the automotive field. And obviously, this is because of hardships because of COVID. According to the reports, though, um, they have actually filed for bankruptcy before. And it was because of the same thing. They mismanagement of funds. And because of the circumstance, they were um, not able to proceed. I think this is kind of like the, the trend for BBS. Maybe they, they just don't know how to manage their financial positions. And I feel like the, they don't actually know what they're doing in terms of finance. I mean, they're they're building, you know, some nice wheels and have a lot of contracts with like Volkswagen and Audi. Um, they built like a lot of wheels for them as well, or they did. But I think that the, they don't know who they're actually attracting because their wheels designs are like very, you know, con- inclusive, right? They only have one, like one to four designs and... It, they literally are the same as like i would say 1999 yeah that that's like the first thing i think of when i hear like bbs wheels like yeah they really don't have many designs they're right. very like similar like all the wheels are very very similar mm-hmm. to each other and obviously like it kind of goes towards like the market because they're marketing towards like your vehicles right right like volkswagen audis bmws all that kind of stuff right which is where you see these kind of wheels on anyways but yeah like Randall said i think they've actually filed for bankruptcy three times or this is the third time that they mm-hmm. filed for bankruptcy so obviously they were able to get out of it in the past mm-hmm. so hopefully we can see that happen in this case um but honestly like bbs they're so they're such a popular brand of wheels you know they've been in the business for i think 50 years yeah uh this year mm-hmm. and like Randall said they've been supplying wheels to oems and in addition to making aftermarket wheels right so they obviously have like a really good client base and a lot of um you know loyal customers again th- th- this is a long list of companies that um are you know really getting impacted by covid so i mean this is just the start. I, I can see a lot more companies going bankrupt because remember, cars are just a hobby. And the first thing that people usually cut out are, you know, expendable spending, which like you don't really need. Like things that aren't, uh, you know, food, shelter or water, you know, that kind of stuff. You can really cut out of your lifestyle. I unfortunately see um, many more companies, especially in the automotive industry. I will see you will be seeing a lot more of these companies going bankrupt, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. I think like the automotive industry has definitely been hit hard, like not even just aftermarket, even like manufacturers and stuff like that. Right. You know, they've been hit hard by the virus. So it's unfortunate, but I don't know. There's still a little bit of hope. You know, they didn't, they're not like completely out of business. Yeah. Like you could still go and buy BBS wheels at like your local shop or whatever. Right. Uh, they just filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. Right. So they're, it's not completely gone yet. Hopefully they're able to bounce back from it in the future. So on the evergreen list of all the new cars of 2020, this past week, Ford has announced the new 2020 Ford GT. And they've actually made like quite a few enhancements and performance upgrades to the car. Mm-hmm. So obviously, since uh, since it released in 2015, uh, Ford has been adding to the Ford GT as they went. This new Ford GT uh, comes with more power. So I believe the 3.5 liter EcoBoost, the V6 twin turbo, comes with 660 horsepower. And uh, they've tweaked it so that the torque band is much more stable. 
and engineers have actually put a lot into this so that uh, they can get a lot more torque out of it and uh, obviously because uh, the engine is you know a v6 and it's not a v8 it's gonna be harder to cool so uh, in the in the new 4gt they've also added a lot of features including cooling the pistons and ignition coils so that uh, the car doesn't overheat yeah and obviously like these are like really small upgrades but it mm -hmm. overall contributes to the overall performance of the car right mm -hmm. so like ryan just said like they have 660 horsepower now it's not a lot more than the previous models but it is an upgrade considering yeah. the amount of work and engineering that goes into this right. vehicle yep and i'm just reading uh, through the article right now and it's it's suggesting that with the certain modifications to like the aero and so forth they've actually been able to increase the airflow by 50 percent which if, to any car guy is a lot because that means that your car is actually, you know, running nice and cool uh, opposed to, you know, just warm. Yeah, in addition to all like the performance enhancements, they also have two new finishes. So you could get a upgraded Gulf oil paint scheme. So it's kind of like the custom livery that, you know, they had on the older or the first generation of the GT, I guess you could mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Um, minor modifications there. And they also have a new fully exposed carbon fiber body which is awesome because i mean the new trend is carbon fiber obviously there are perks to you know getting a car built with carbon fiber it's much more rigid stronger and obviously lighter but what really shocks me is the price so if you're interested in getting the carbon series which is the full carbon fiber exposed body mm -hmm. you're going to be paying seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars wow yeah it, it, it's, it's very expensive actually yeah. you know what surprises me more is that the base price on this is half a million dollars it's five hundred thousand dollars starting yeah i remember when they first released this car they kind of they would only give this car to um either youtubers someone that's like super rich and has a huge following uh, on youtube or if you you're well known so like someone like jay leno obviously a car collector um the, they would only give you the car like even if you were rich as hell they wouldn't sell you this car and i think the reason why they did that was so that they would only sell to the people that are real enthusiasts and i think that's the key thing for them they don't really care about making the money on this car because let's be honest it's a race car yeah exactly right they don't want to really sell it to anyone and like have them crash it and all that bullshit right so yeah. i think they with this car in general they really want to attract the real enthusiasts yeah and obviously like this car it's like mm -hmm. everyone knows it's like super limited right right they're only making like a couple hundred a year i believe yeah yeah obviously like production is very slow on this car so it takes time to build it of mm -hmm. course yep. but like randall said like when they first launched it like it was super limited like you have to actually apply to purchase the car yeah. and only if you were selected you could get it yeah right and i believe there was actually a contract when you if you bought like the first generation that you can sell it within like the first two years or something because they didn't want people like flipping the cars yeah 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 now i heard about that too i i mean again they don't want anyone that they don't know uh buying this car because like let's be honest this car when it reaches its peak in terms of like let's say 20 years down the line i know for a fact this car will go like millions and millions of dollars because first of all they they want it to be super exclusive right like this is more exclusive than a lamborghini right now oh yeah and and limited too yeah like, very limited and yeah it, it kind of goes with like the history too because like the ford gt like this one especially right yeah. with the gulf oil paint which is inspired from the le mans winner for the gt40 yeah you know it has the history from the the le mans race yeah. and like if you've seen the movie what is it 
Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. So it explains a lot of the history that goes behind this car. And I think that's really what, you know, Ford's selling here. It's not even just a car. It's a piece of history. For sure. And I think that's what they're kind of trying to do is the people that really like the history of these cars. I think they're really trying to target those people instead of the, the ones that, you know, just going to buy the car for the clout or just want it because it's hella expensive, right? Yeah, it's definitely a, col- a collector's car. You know, you don't really see a lot of these things driving around the street or whatever um, because they're super limited, obviously, and they're also really expensive. But yeah, fun fact, this car, it's actually fully assembled and built in Toronto. Wow, in Markham, did not know actually. that. Did not know that. Yeah. I've actually never s- seen a 4GT in person, except really? for at an auto show. Yeah, I, I, when you see cars at the auto show, I don't really count that. No, yeah, right? so. exactly. But yeah, it's very cool to, I mean, if I see one in person, you know what? I'm just going to, I'll probably freak out. <laughs> yeah it's like it's unreal in person yeah, like the yeah. curves of this car and like all the air vents and stuff you know the aerodynamics it's like insane bro uh, half of the car half of these cars are sitting in garages yeah no no one's driving them all right so i think a couple weeks ago we actually talked about like how there's no really car shows and there's kind of like mm-hmm. car meets now you know yeah. there's a lot of car meets i think last week there were about like i could count like four or five of them mm-hmm. I, I i believe <laughs> bro how many meets there was a lot there was a lot yeah i swear there was like 10 10 meets. There were, there were a lot, and they were, like, scattered all throughout the city. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are coming, are getting back out, you know. It's kind of been boring for the last, like, five months. Yeah. Uh, they were sitting really, at home. Yeah. So, I, I mean, people want to get out. So, I mean, it makes sense. Um, but, yeah, you went to a meet, right? Yeah, I actually went to one that was in Scarborough last week. And this was actually hosted by one of my buddies. He collaborated with, I think, York Rides and mm-hmm. another team or i guess crew street scenes means i think yeah something like that and he has his own it's called uh, nadine or naiden so it's like a nissan infinity group so you know obviously i i'm i own infinity so i'm obviously intrigued to go to it yeah um yeah it was pretty good there, there were a lot of like vqs mm-hmm. obviously yeah. because like his whole like friend group as well is like all vqs and stuff yeah so that's nice i met a lot of like q50 guys and stuff like that so that was cool mm-hmm. um but yeah it was actually a really big meat like i was actually surprised i think i saw footage from it it, it was, the entire lots were packed yeah it was like area. like the parking lot was full like we yeah. weren't even in the parking lot that we were allowed to be in yeah because like it was so full pretty cool i wish i came to be honest but like i think i mean i haven't told anyone especially on this podcast my car's uh, not been down but because of covid we've obviously taken insurance off no one has been going to work you know all that bullshit so yeah, now we're back. Hopefully, we'll st- uh, especially me, I'm going to start going to meets. So, like, you know, hit us up. If you see us, you know, <laughs> say what's up, you know. But yeah, last week's meet, it was, it was great. It was a good meet. It was good vibes. It was like the weather was like perfect, too. It was like nice and sunny and hot. It wasn't like too hot. It was like the perfect weather yeah. for a car meet. And a lot of people just like chilled there all night, basically. And there were like no problems with the cops. Like I was talking to my friend who hosted it. And he said that like East End meets, like the police and like toronto and like durham region they're like super chill about like car meets which is surprising actually yeah uh i don't i think uh york police they they're the worst yeah i, I know people york people region. don't like york region yeah york YRP. region are the worst they're literally out for the money yeah um they'll ticket you for like having covers on your license plates which is the most petty fucking you know ticket yeah. you can get yeah exactly but yeah, I think that's why we're seeing like a lot of the meets happen in the East End now. Yeah. Like we were talking about this before. Like there's a lot of meets in like Ajax and like Scarborough and that, right. that general area. Yeah. Right. Just because like the police, they're like super chill about it. 
Yeah. Like when I first when I first rolled in, I actually saw there was a police officer there, and he didn't really like do anything. He he kind of just chilled for like a couple minutes, and he just left. And then after that, like probably four hours, there were like no complaints, no police, nothing. That's good. Yeah. I mean, uh, there probably were no like fuckery, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing too. There, there was no one like revving their engines and like yeah. two stepping. You know, there there was like one truck that was kind of playing music for everyone. Yeah. But it wasn't like obnoxiously loud. Yeah. Right? I, I I personally don't know what it is about like the GTA or not even the GTA about Miss Saga Brampton area. The ru- the meets always get ruined here, and it's because there's so many like fuckery going on. Like I don't know what what it is about Mississauga and Brampton. Like yeah. they they just don't know how to act. Yeah, honestly, like after going to this meet, like <laughs> that's like the first thing I noticed. Yeah, like that meet, it was like super chill. Everyone like kind of came parked, and then they didn't really yeah. do anything. Dumb. No one going around with the bubble tunes, just you know popping the yeah, shit out exactly, of the exhaust. Yeah. It's like super chill. Like yeah. yo, you got people got to understand when you're going to meets. You want to go there and talk to people, not listen to a Honda, you know, rev the shit out of his car and, you know, backfire every fucking five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it gets annoying, man. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you brought, brought that up. Yeah. Um, I think like towards like the end of the night, maybe like, like I said, like four hours into the night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was like one Honda, obviously, that <laughs> decided to ruin it for everyone, you know, driving yeah. around, just two-stepping the shit out of his car. Yeah. And yeah. that's why the cops got called. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that one bad apple. Yeah, um, it's always it's always the one person who ruins it. Right. But yeah, after that, like, cops kind of came. They were still, like, super chill. They kind of came and they talked to, like, the organizers. And then eventually, like, more mm-hmm. of them showed up and they kind of dispersed the crowd. Right. They said that they weren't going to give tickets. But, like, if people stayed, they were going to start doing tickets. Yeah. So they gave everyone a chance to leave. And, you know, they shut down the road, allowing everyone to leave safely and all that kind of stuff. It's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Actually, one thing, like, right before, like, everyone left, one of the cops actually did a burnout. <laughs> so, it was in, like, one of those old Crown Victorians. Yeah. I think everyone was, like, cheering him on. I don't think people expected it. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah he did, He did like, a, a proper burnout, too. It wasn't, like, one of those half-assed burnouts. <laughs> yeah, cool cops are the best, man. I remember a couple of years before when Meets and Mississauga and Brampton used to actually, you know, be allowed. Krispy Kreme Meets were probably one of the best things ever. And the cops that used to actually come to these meets were actually car. Some of them were actually car enthusiasts. I remember talking to one guy. He used to have a Evo Eight, uh, fully built. Obviously, he he used to just uh, you know, take it to the track and stuff like that. But you know, that's the thing that you really want to hear. And like, even cops, remember they're still human. Um, not all cops, you know, hate car enthusiasts. A lot of them hate you know the obnoxious ones. Yeah, I agree. I think like all the cops, like they're not really out there to get people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like if you're if you're being a disturbance to them and other people, yeah. they're obviously gonna have a problem with that. And I think that's what people don't realize is that cops are there to like protect us. So, you yeah. know, if you annoy them, they're obviously gonna like you know fight back for sure. Yeah, and and, and I totally agree with that. Like they should as well. Um, yeah, they have every right to. Right. Um, again, their their priority is keeping everyone safe, and especially in the car scene, we've seen some you know people really wrecked the shit out of the cars so like if them being at meets i mean saves you know people from smashing into poles you know running crowds over and all that shit then so be it let them let them just sit there and you know watch uh obviously when they start giving out tickets that's where the problem arises yeah and i think one thing i noticed too like Mm -hmm. over the past like couple years is that a lot of the people who cops have the problems with are it's mainly like the younger crowd yeah it's the, a lot of these younger car enthusiasts like car car enthusiasts and air quotes the hooligans yeah 
yeah i I definitely feel like uh the younger crowd i don't know why has something to prove like oh i'm gonna be the next you know ken block uh you know they want to actually prove something to their friends and i don't know why but driving fast is cool but at the same time like if someone wrecks their car it can be very bad financially and like mentally as well because like accidents i mean it, it, it it's nothing severe like crazy you know when you think about it but when you get into it like it's mentally takes a toll on you and at the end of the day i mean speeding i mean we've all sped in our life let's be honest yeah i think everyone like if you say you're you don't speed you're lying yeah, like Honestly, we yeah. all have but the issue is recklessness yeah. right where like you're going like 120 and like in in next to a school right where like the speed limit is obviously only 50 well there's a reason why the speed limit's only 50 because it's a school yeah yeah and they want to make sure that you're not you know wrecking your shit and and end up hitting like a little kid you know yeah and i think that's where like yeah there's like a a blur between like actual car enthusiasts and then like these people who are doing like takeovers and like the runs and all that shit yeah right yeah and i i think that's generally the mainstream car scene right it's where like it's the general public that aren't really into cars uh but they kind of just want to you know show off their parents car like they probably didn't even pay for it uh, and generally, they just want to speed around and act foolishness. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure you saw on the news this Mercedes Benz. Actually, it's literally down the street from me. Crashed into a fence, and I actually have a little video of it speeding past my house before the accident actually happened. And I believe he almost turned into another um, car that was coming. And obviously, the issue was speed, right? He, uh, and again, this guy's 19 years old, and. He gives, I, I always see him ripping, well, I used to see him ripping it down my street with all his friends in his car and like, you know, just acting stupid. Yeah. And I think that's what we see a lot in like the car scene. You know, a lot of these like mainstream kind of people, like younger people, especially. Yeah. Um, they kind of think that like being a car enthusiast is about like speeding and like doing donuts and burnouts yeah. and like, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff, revving their engines and everything. But, like, that's, like, completely opposite of what, like, true car enthusiasts are. Right. Like, a, a real enthusiast will see, like, like me. I always, even though, like, I I can go a certain speed. Like, I can go 100 plus on any street. But is it wise to? No. Because, like, that's the whole thing about street racing is responsibility. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, I think, like, real enthusiasts, they kind of consider all the things around them before um, they, you know, just hit the gas pedal. A lot of the, a lot of you know the mainstream enthusiasts won't consider going to the track because they're saying, you know, it's too expensive and so forth. I think that's a really bad argument. It's especially if you're putting someone's life at risk. Obviously, the runs is you know a big thing. Um, everyone's been to the runs, but the runs have changed a lot. Yeah, it's it's a lot different than what it used yeah, to be. Yeah. Like even like it's like super low key too. Like if you ask anybody, mm-hmm. like in the car car enthusiast car community, mm-hmm. you know people know about it. But like outside of that, like even police don't even know about that. Yeah, the runs are an actual thing that happens every week. Right, and like you never hear about the runs on TV though. Think about that. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Right, and there's a reason why because the runs are supposed to be a secluded spot where car car enthusiasts can go and race each other right the purpose of it is just to race each other and not put anyone's life at risk 
right? So obviously when, when they go for runs, they go to a secluded spot where no one else is there or on the highway at night because no one else, again, drives on the street or drives at night on, on the roads. Things like that. It kind of, uh, it, I, want, I don't want to say this, but I feel like the younger crowd isn't very responsible. Yeah, I think like in the past couple of years, yeah. um, like the younger crowd of people, young car enthusiasts, like so-called mainstream car enthusiasts, mm-hmm. they've kind of put the runs on the radar of police. Yeah, right? they definitely have. Because they've been going to this and kind of driving recklessly. And, you know, right. you see in like over the past couple of years, like a lot of like really bad accidents of people at the runs right. who just can't handle their car. Right. right. And again, uh, it, I think it's a lack of experience that really comes into play. Um, a lot of the people that have their cars are, it's not usually their cars. It's probably their parents' car and they're just going out for a little joyride with their friends. And obviously the the runs is their escape. Right. But again, it's not their car. Yeah, exactly. So they don't have like experience driving it. They don't have right. like, they don't know the limits. I think that's like a big thing about yeah. it too. Yeah, exactly. One thing I noticed in like the past maybe two years mm-hmm. is that, you know, like we talk about like how the mainstream car scene is not like, is not like a good representation of the actual car enthusiast. Yeah. One thing, one car show that's like a perfect example of this is Strata. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've been to Strata for multiple years. Um, obviously, we feel very different about how they're moving now. Their their first couple of events, or not even first couple, like the beginning st- uh, years of Strata, I feel were the best. And I've kind of, I kind of feel like they've lost their way. Um, I was a huge fan of actually their meets back in the day. Now that I feel like they're kind of catering to a certain crowd, aka the mainstream car enthusiasts not even car enthusiasts uh they're just the mainstream crowd that will go to meets for like even like concerts right that's kind of why they're shifting their focus to concerts i mean me and andrew feel the same way we don't like them yeah what we noticed over the past couple of years is that they've changed the structure of the car show a lot so like randall said like back in the day they used to have like the biggest literally the biggest car show in ontario probably yeah right like their season opener was like it was massive huge it was huge huge it was yeah. like streets would have to be closed down you know they had uh i think yrp like was in collaboration with them yeah. they had a lot of like sponsors and brands and stuff that mm. were part of the car show you know they were pretty big in like the car scene yeah but over the past couple of years like they've moved on to like mainstream audience like they're now they're catering towards the public not really car enthusiasts. Yeah, it's it, it, it's kind of unfortunate that they've kind of kind of left all of us behind, like the real enthusiasts. Like, think about it. If they still did the meets the same way without changing, you know, their structure or anything, I feel like Strata would have been the biggest car shows in Canada, hands down. Yeah, easily. I think they like if they were to keep the car enthusiasts as the main focus. Yeah. They could have made a huge, huge brand out of it across yeah. Canada. Right. And they've kind of started to move towards entertainment, which I get it. That's where the money is. But they're just following the money at this point, right? So we feel like it's it, it has nothing to do with us anymore. And we don't even want to go to these these yeah. meets because, like, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people in the community feel the same way, too. Like, a lot of people, like, even, like... I think they have this one spot in Vaughn where they always do pop-up meets yeah. and they just stop doing them. But like other hosts are starting to partner up with like the businesses that they used to partner up with yeah. to host the meets now. Right. Right. So you see that they're slowly 
dying mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of good too because they're it's kind of getting rid of all like the mainstream audience that's kind of following that kind of car scene mm-hmm. right yeah it, and when you go to like even meets like la Ploma, terry uh candy commons all of those spots the people chilling there are usually car enthusiasts yeah those are like true car enthusiasts yeah, yeah. and I mean, I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks, not even weeks, months ago, where Peel region and like a, a lot of other districts show up to Terry during COVID and, and ended up handing out like hundreds of tickets. And I think that really goes to show that the mainstream crowd kind of has impacted the, the actual enthusiasts who like really don't disturb the peace. They're just chilling. They don't really want to like do anything else, but like, you know, hang out with their friends, talk about cars. And it's kind of sad that they've kind of forced this on uh, on like all enthusiasts that you know we're gonna you know go do like street burn- racing yeah street racing kind of stuff, yeah. burnouts and in intersections that kind of shit which if you think about it we are the complete opposite yeah we're opposite yeah but yeah the good thing about this is that like a lot of like the true car enthusiasts they know how to like separate themselves from this so called mainstream car mm-hmm. enthusiast right yeah so people know like to not like encourage that kind of behavior within right. themselves and within their friends and all that kind of stuff yeah. so they're really trying to you know get on the good side of police and i think they're like people like people like us we're like they're doing a good job of it right right they like the police they're not enemies to no, us they're right? not because they know that like we'll behave ourselves right yeah. we won't cause a ruckus and you know we'll be chill which is a good thing i mean it shows them that you know we can be responsible and uh i mean not all enthusiasts are you know trying to just do burnouts and you know around the parking lot and shit i think we're gonna end it there you know we could talk like forever about this hours yeah there's so much to say about like (laughs) true car enthusiasts and like what's going on out there and all that kind of stuff uh but yeah we're gonna move on now to our car of the week all right so the car of the week is actually pretty pretty weird um i didn't even know this was even a thing it's a Ford Everest, and from this picture, it has a front end of a Ford Raptor. Yeah, so for probably all of you guys who don't know what a Ford Everest is, it's a Ford SUV that's sold in Australia, and I think it's also sold in India under a different name. Yeah. So obviously, like, different regions have different cars, but it's similar to, like, a Ford Explorer yeah. in North America. Sizing like, similar size-wise, size yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, it's, it has a full F-150 Raptor front end swap and honestly like it look like look randall said it's kind of weird yeah but from the front it looks badass badass it does i i think we were just talking about this before we start recording it it looks cool and if they actually i mean if ford could make a f-150 raptor suv right um to partner with their um pickup truck because not a lot of people like pickup trucks i think it would be the next thing that like everyone would want to buy and this is like a really good example of what uh people really want uh i mean it's it's a everest a car that no one really like you know touches with a f-150 raptor swap or the front end swap on it right so it goes to show that people really want an suv that kind of has the styling of the raptor yeah definitely i think like i like the creativity of this because like obviously like rachel said like they don't make raptor suvs right so the fact that somebody was able to fully do a front end swap on this suv like shows the dedication and like overall it just looks like a normal ford suv it doesn't even look like a modified suv at all Mm -hmm. right unless you like do some research and stuff but yeah this like the 
exactly what we're talking about. It's kind of it has like a nice overall stance to it, so it's like an off-road build, I guess you could say. Yeah. It looks like it has like a steel bumper and it's like a lift kit right. and like big tires and yep. like over fenders and stuff. But yeah, in in general, like this, if Ford was to make something like this, I think it'd be pretty badass. Yeah, it would. I I, I would. D- Definitely look into it, and I would probably buy it. <laughs> yeah, I think something like this would also fit like a lot of people's style. Yeah, in the market right now, especially with like SUVs being like the new car, you know, the new thing that people want. Yeah, having something like this is a really good thing in the market. But yeah, that was our car of the week. Very very interesting. I mean, we chose it for a reason. It's it's a front end swap. We've seen obviously other front end swaps as well on different cars, but I think this one was pretty unique in general yeah it definitely takes the cake for like yeah. front end swaps especially like being on an suv yeah exactly but yeah that's uh, that's our car of the week and uh that's it <laughs> yeah if you guys enjoyed the podcast definitely like it share with any of your friends all that kind of stuff you know we'll greatly appreciate that if you want to check out any of the stuff we've talked about uh check out the show notes we'll have everything linked there as well as the car of the week so you guys could take a look for yourself and uh, if you guys ever have like any recommendations or if you have any ideas of what we could talk about in our next podcast definitely hit us up uh email us at north uh, northsidewhips at gmail.com or uh, message us on instagram or facebook at northsidewhips yeah that's about it for today thank you again for listening we greatly appreciate that and we will see you next week.